Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. Hope that you guys are having a great weekend so far. It was a big week in Alberta politics, so here's today's headlines. The Alberta government says they have no plans to take in any asylum seekers crossing the U.S.-Canada border. The Alberta NDP and the United Conservative Party are tied in recent polling. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has set the record straight after Rachel Nolly said the UCP want Albertans to pay after visiting the family doctor. And Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandro has made progress in his effort to make it harder for violent offenders to get bail. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. Okay guys, up first. Asylum seekers crossing Roxham Road in Quebec are straining resources in both the French-speaking province and Ontario. And now the governments of BC and Alberta say they have no plans to take in those crossing. The mayor of Niagara Falls, Ontario, said his city is overwhelmed after accepting nearly 3,000 asylum seekers. According to Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada, 702 asylum seekers have been bused from Quebec into Ottawa, another 618 to Windsor, Ontario, and around 1,400 to Cornwall, Ontario. Furthermore, transfers to the Maritimes have only just begun, with 63 asylum seekers now in Halifax. Another 30 are in Fredericton, New Brunswick. These asylum seekers were transferred to Ontario and the Maritimes after Quebec Premier Francois Legault told the Prime Minister his province cannot accept any more border crossers. The province says it's spending $20 million per month on these asylum seeker social benefits. In 2022, nearly 38,000 asylum seekers were receiving welfare checks. That's in Quebec alone, and most of those asylum seekers were residing in Montreal. Communities hosting Roxham Road border crossers are seeing their services overextended, such as food banks, schools, shelters, and other social services. Alberta's Trade and Multiculturalism Press Secretary Gary Kohler said the following, Decisions around accepting asylum claims lie solely with the federal government. And Alberta does not currently have any arrangement or agreement in place with the federal government that would facilitate individuals who cross the border at unofficial border crossings being transported to Alberta. Okay, guys, and moving into our next story here, a recent poll from Abacus Data shows the Alberta NDP are tied with Daniel Smith's United Conservative Party heading into a spring general election. The poll, released on Monday, shows that the governing party and the official opposition would each receive 35% of the vote if the election were held today. Another one in five said they're still undecided, a number that's grown considerably from UCP detractors. Of those who voted for the Alberta NDP in 2019, 85% said they planned to vote for Rachel Notley's party again in 2023. When it comes to the United Conservative Party, 20% of past voters said they're undecided this year. Abacus Data CEO David Coletto said, quote, those reluctant UCPers will decide the outcome of the provincial election. You guys likely know from last week's show that the UCP is crazy busy tabling legislation right now, the Alberta legislature is sitting for one month before it breaks ahead of May's general election. But the UCP has also begun casually campaigning. Of course, the election campaign has not officially begun. At a fundraising dinner in Edmonton earlier this week, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith sought to set the record straight on the UCP's health care plan. Now, let's talk about health care. And I want to be very clear on something. So Rachel Notley's Twitter account needs to pay attention to this. No matter who you are or how much money you make, you should never have to pay out of pocket to see a family doctor, ever. And that is why 
Our UCP government has made a record $24.2 billion investment into healthcare, including $2 billion alone in direct primary care. Under the UCP, Alberta has already hired 700 more doctors, 1,800 more nurses to take care of patients, and we're continuing with our plan to hire an additional 3,600 new doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other healthcare professionals. And that is so that every Albertan can get to see a family doctor and get access to health care when and where they need it. This also means a new hospital for South Edmonton, the first hospital in nearly four decades in this city. <laughs> I, see, uh, Pre uh, Premier I see Deputy Premier Casey Maddu probably out there dancing a jig. He's here this evening, of course, and I want to acknowledge the hard work he has done advocating for the people of Edmonton. In fact, the Edmonton South Hospital is one of our highest priorities. We have uh, dedicated over $634 million, committed right now with more coming to get the job done. So, uh, Casey, if you want to go to Home Depot, grab some shovels, I'll meet you over there when the, the spring thaw hits and we'll break some ground on it together. What we're watching in the weeks to come, this is a huge story, definitely something we're going to be keeping our eye on. Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandro announced late this week that after meeting with all provinces and territories, the federal government has agreed to amend the criminal code to make it harder for violent offenders to get bail. The Alberta government is now calling on the federal government to pass legislation to amend the criminal code immediately. In a statement, Shandro said, quote, All provinces and territories stood united and demanded this of the federal government in order to make real change. And the federal government agreed to amend Canada's criminal code as early as this legislative session. The March 10 meeting of Canada's attorneys general, justice and public safety ministers about bail was long overdue. But not as long overdue as addressing the current bail system this country has. Alberta calls on the federal government to walk the walk, live up to its promises, and make change now. It is the right thing to do. Victims, law enforcement, and all Albertans have been waiting far too long for this to happen. As those of you who watched last week's show know, the provincial government said it would be tabling legislation on firearms. Here's what Tyler Shandro had to say about that legislation earlier this week. We're introducing the Alberta Firearms Act to ensure that our law-abiding firearms community here in Alberta is better served. We're standing up for Albertans by ensuring that police resources are kept where they need to be. We're stepping in and standing up for Albertans by introducing the Alberta Firearms Act. For many Albertans, firearms are a part of everyday life. Our province is home to a massive community of over 300,000 hunters and farmers and sports shooters. Farm owners make up a valuable part of our community here in Alberta. And on top of that, we have over 650 firearms-related businesses here in, in, uh, in Alberta. They're all small businesses who survived one of the worst economic periods in the history of this province, only to find themselves in the crosshairs of the Trudeau Liberals. None of these federal policies will make our community safer. They're targeting law-abiding, responsible Canadians. At a time when violent crime is surging across the country, the Liberals have decided to waste taxpayer money and waste time on this confiscation program. Okay guys, and I just want to bring you a couple comments from last week's show. Last week, we covered Pastor Reimer, who was arrested after protesting at a drag queen story hour. He's being held in prison until he agrees to comply with bail orders. YouTube user NG said, this is insane. No to stories in drag for children. User Bruce Turr said, Daniel Smith's budget is brilliant. Obviously, we also covered the budget last week. If you're still not sure what's in it, you can go find last week's episode. It's on YouTube. And user Stan Cal wrote, family friendly and drag queen are two terms that do not go together at all. Aaron Wood wrote, I don't understand why you need drag story time. 
It's unfortunate that they think that average human intelligence is so low and we are somehow systematically discriminating people because they are different at a young age. No, the answer is quite simple. You do what you do, I do what I do. Don't compel me to accept something I don't want to accept or consider being illogical or rooted in deep-seated narcissism or mental illness. I hope you get the help you need. I will opt for the story time with regular people because that is the 99%. I don't think it can be stated enough that when it comes to things like drag queen story hour and allowing adult men into young girls' change rooms, it is certainly a quiet minority of crazies who are pushing for this stuff. It's important that we are louder than they are. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate the support. As always, if you're able to support independent media, please visit donate.tnc.news. Don't forget, you still have the opportunity to watch my Freedom Convoy documentary at www.freedomoccupation.ca. That's everything I have for you today. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend and God bless.